0: Blob Talk Radio. Happy, happy August the first out there, all of our off-the-shelf listeners. It is a gorgeous day here in Philadelphia. We've had some some warm days here this summer, but not not too bad. I can't complain at all. Today is just, it's just it seems like a mild day, but. Very nice. And a Saturday, who can beat a Saturday? First day of the month. So again, I want to welcome everybody to Off the Shelf for this Saturday, August the 1st. Oh, I'm so happy, happy, happy to have you here with us. And I'm excited about today's show. We've just been blessed to to bring you such awesome guests here on Off the Shelf. And I've learned something from every guest that we have had on today's show. So I hope you're equally as excited. And there's still time for you to tell your family and your friends that they can tune in to the, today's show uh, uh, by calling 347-994-3490. Again, that's 347-994-3490. Or they can go on the internet. And all you have to do is put an off-the-shelf Denise Turney. It'll come, it should come up right up at the top. And you can act, click in and connect via the chat room. And, and hear the audio and post questions, et cetera, right there in the chat room. So, again, it's three four seven nine nine four three four nine oh. There's still time for you to connect to today's show. If you come into the middle of the show or the end once it streams, you can come back here to Off the Shelf and listen to the show in its entirety again. <laughs> and I want to start today with a great motivational quote and the quote is you already have everything that you need to succeed right inside of you i know christ said the kingdom of heaven is inside of us we keep looking elsewhere so you already have everything that you need right inside of you the answers to all your questions etc And next, I want to again encourage you to pick up a copy of my new book, Love, Pour Over Me, if you're a mystery sleuth, and I would love to hear from you to see if you can figure out who is the person who's responsible. There's a murder mystery that cloaks Raymond and his friend's life. If you can figure out who done it before you get to the end of the story and the story reveals who did it. I'd love to to hear from you to see how many of you figure it out correctly. And Love For Me is even more a book about relationships and the complications in relationships. The relationship between Raymond and Brenda, they meet while they're in college and their relationship expands across decades. And then also a relationship between Raymond and his, their four friends that he meets, they have such a good bond as friends, and it's something that you rarely hear about between men, but they have a good male friendship bonding. Uh, that also, and the differences in the things that they experience in their lives. One of them is a college football standout. Raymond, he's as, he's academic and track standout. And you get to see how all these people's lives come together uh, and influence not, not only the story, but each other. And you can see glimpses of your own relationship and your own life and how they've shaped you as you read and enjoy Love Pull Over Me. And you can get a copy of Love Pour Over Me in ebook or print format anywhere. If you don't see it on the shelves, <coughs> ask for support, because Love Pull Over Me is carried by the largest book distributors in the world. So please go get a copy and let me know how you enjoy it. Love Pull Over Me by Denise Turney. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And our special guest today is Dr. Ian Palmer, and Ian is the author of the book "Hiking Toward Heaven." What an intriguing title! He's also also the author of the book "Weed and Water." Now that one got my interest. <laughs> you know, they just, in Colorado and other states, they've legalized. So that word jumped out at me. So hiking toward heaven and weed and water. Ian earned his doctorate in physics from Adelaide University. He is a Christian, a grandfather, hiker, and a tennis <coughs> And he makes his home in Albuquerque, New Mexico. If you want to learn more about Ian, all you have to do is click over to iandexterpalmer.com, and I'll spell it for you: iandexterpalme dot com. Ian Dexter Palmer dot com. And I, re- I always recommend to our listeners that you go over to the person's website as you listen to them speak today's show. And you can dig in deeper, read excerpts, learn more about them, even as you enjoy the show. And so while you're there, you can learn more about his books. And he's got some beautiful photos there that he shares that you can check out, as well as, as his blog. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Ian.
1: Thank you, Denise. It's uh, lovely to be here. And I wanted to say that if ever you get sick of the humidity up there in Pennsylvania, Come down to Albuquerque. We have very little humidity down here. It gets hot, but it's not humid, which makes it very nice in the summertime.
0: You know what? I hear the same thing. People in Arizona, there are people who love Mm -hmm. the weather in Arizona, even though you hear, oh, my God, 105 degrees. But they say it's a different type of heat. So, uh, yeah, the same thing. Now, are you a New Mexico when I was doing the research and we've had guests on who've traveled traveled the globe. Are you are you a New Mexico native? And if not, can you tell us where you were born and what life was like for you growing up there?
1: I was born in born and raised in Australia.
0: <coughs> oh.
1: Um but um and a woman brought me to uh, the USA um American woman. Uh, I've lived here more than I have in australia and um but uh i was raised in a small country town like two thousand people there's not many towns in the u.s that are as small as that. that's um, a wheat and sheep farming type community and um i did my education in the big city of adelaide uh, which is the capital of south australia you know australia is as big as the usa but we only mm-hmm. have seven states, and so South Australia's ah. a huge state, and it's bigger than Texas. <laughs> all of them, all of them are. And so, uh, but Adelaide was where I did my uh, doctorate. I studied cosmic rays from the sun and how they traveled mm-hmm. to the Earth. So I was kind of pretty nerdy in my studies there, and uh, I came to the U.S. and uh, worked in Los Alamos, the uh, the place where they made the bomb. That's in New Mexico, and I was here for one year and then and then moved to Tulsa and uh, Houston and finally re- retired and came back to uh, Albuquerque because I love the southwest USA. I love the mountains and the desert and the culture and the climate and the arts and crafts. So that's where I am now.
0: You know you have a southern accent. I wonder if when you when you were first going to tell me where you're from, I thought you were getting ready to say I'm from Kentucky or
1: Indiana. <laughs> so, uh, Australia,
0: okay. <clears throat> and now, in one, well, in one you're right,
1: uh, Denise. I'm from the South, the Deep South, but it's a very deep South. In Australia, okay.
0: <laughs> now, in one picture at your website, it looks like there's snow on the ground. I was really surprised. I'm thinking snow on the ground. I <clears throat> in Mexico. Now, does it yeah. strangely snow there in the winter?
1: Well, I had to ask you that because that
0: really stunned yeah. me for some reason.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, um, New Mexico is often thought of as a hot desert state, and the bottom half of it is. But in the in the northern half, uh, where Albuquerque is five thousand feet, it's a mile high city like Denver, and so we get uh, three or four snows a year, where the snow stays on the ground. But I can look out my writing window and. There's a huge mountain out there that's 11,000 feet, and that gets wow. snow. Uh, we have a ski run up there, um, and so and we're not far from Santa Fe, and that's at 7,000 feet. So there's lots of snow in the northern part of Albuquerque.
0: Interesting. But, See, I, I always learn something, and I'm sure you're going to – I'm going to learn even more, and so will our listeners uh, as we continue with today's show. Now, how long, Ian, have you been a hiker – and how has hiking? You sound like what you what you um, your major in in physics and the, the the studying the sun. You seem like you have this natural attraction to nature, things about nature. Now, how long have you been a hiker? And how has hiking impacted your life as a writer?
1: My dad, <laughs> my parents took me hiking first when I was ten years old. Uh, into the ranges and not far from home in australia and i remember that trip i remember falling in love with those desert mountains and um and i that's where it started and there's been this love inside of me for <clears throat> excuse me for nature and hiking ever since then so i'm now retired and I've hiked all of my life and you're right um when I get out there, I try to notice everything. So I I, I notice the um, the trail, I notice the trees, um, the flowers, and of course the uh, if there are any animals, you know, there deer or elk that we sometimes see, and um, and and of course the mountains, the topography, um, and I just I love hiking in the mountains. And I also love hiking in the desert. If there's a stream that I can follow, then that makes it even better. There's nothing like having lunch by a gurgling stream. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's all. That's always a winner. But to me, God is in all of those things. You mentioned, I loved your quote uh, that you started the session with about God being inside of you and his mm-hmm. resources being there. Uh, St. Paul said it's no longer... I that live, but Christ who lives in me, and that's the way I've always felt about God. And so I agree totally with that statement. And I think those resources are accessible all the time if we open up to them. But when I hike, I see God in nature everywhere. You know, whether it's a sunset or a, a you know a pine tree or you know a rabbit or just whatever and And the hand of God to me is in all of those things, and so it's it's a, it's a little bit like you know worshipping there you know when i when I, when I go hiking
0: now when you when you have you do you always plan out your trips, and I'm thinking to connecting this in the way we like to sometimes live our lives so we wanna know what's coming next. We, we we don't, scientists, psychologists, and the empirical science have known that we do not like the unknown. We don't like it. <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> but how is this going to turn out for me? Before I take the first dip, I want to know how this is going to turn out. Uh, when you go hiking... Do you, because in nature, I mean, we know we can't control nature. A wolf could suddenly appear. Something could appear somewhere that you just didn't expect. Do you generally plan your hiking trips? I know you talked about following a stream. Do you generally plan your hiking trips, or do you sometimes just go out and just randomly explore and you end up wherever you end up?
1: That's a good question. I'm more of a planner, Denise. Um, I'm an organizer and I like to be organized as much as I can. So I do plan a hike. I have a, an objective in mind, um, an end point. And I And I, you know, I pick a trail. Now there are times when I'll divert from that and go exploring. To me, the whole thing's an exploration. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not only about the destination, but, um, uh it's uh I, I've there's two sides to my brain. There's the right brain, the intuitive uh, exploring side, and the left brain is the analytical organization side and I wrote a book many years ago called Unleash Your Creative Mind, arguing mm. that creativity needs both sides of the brain. Yes. Um and and so uh you need in my research, switching over to that now, I've had to use both because as a scientist, I've done research on the life, and and that that's the unknown. I mean, most of my life, I've dealt with how do I solve this, and I've I've solved quite a few scientific problems um, uh, along the way, and that requires you know, using the intuitive brain, exploring different ideas, and then later on evaluating them and analyzing them and uh, kind of executing them. So. That's uh, I kind of do both, but if you ask me, what's my natural style? It's uh, organizing and analyzing. That's the first thing I do, and sometimes I have to stop myself and say, "Wait a minute, you know." <laughs> but when I'm hiking, you know, there's uh, after the preparation, you know, then it's the right brain. You know, I see things everywhere, and you know, the beauty of God and His creation, I see, and that's kind of that comes through the right brain. So. It's 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 a nice mix of both.
0: Okay, now please tell our off the shelf listeners about hiking toward heaven. And is the book is it fiction or nonfiction? And if you could just give us an overview of the book.
1: Yes, yes, this was my second book. Um, I I was hiking with a friend once, telling him that I wanted to write a book, and and he said, "Why don't you write a book about hiking because you love to hike?" And uh, the other side of that click the other side of the equation came when I, I I remember that I've always been fascinated by the interaction between God and man um how does God how does God uh, communicate with man how does man communicate with God can we receive insights and wisdom from God on a daily basis and that that was the origin of the book um it's a it's a, it's a it's labeled as a fiction book but it's a lot of truth in there and the most common comment i get is i don't know what's truth and what's fiction in your book <laughs> my mm-hmm. daughter my granddaughter excuse me is kidnapped in the first chapter and that's oh. how it starts oh and everybody everybody asked me about that well, she's rescued by a stranger and, and who is um, who is a lady a mysterious lady and um, she's more than she appears to be but she says i i i'm I'm single and so I wanted to date this lady because uh, you know she was um, attractive and she saved my granddaughter and she says, "No, I can't do that, but I tell you what we can do how about we?" take a series of hikes and she said I'll tell you about things that I know that you've never heard of and you can tell me about um, what it's like to be to live as a human tell me about your problems and your successes etc so that begins six different hikes in uh, in New Mexico in Arizona, um, and Arizona um, and the last one is in Australia ah. It's kind of, I think of it as the best one though, and and we run into these situations. There's drama in every hike. Um, There's there's strange things that happen, terrifying things that happen. And um, but she's kind of a rescuer, as we knew when she rescued my granddaughter. And um, and and she's very revealing. It's what what we learn, you know. She wants to. Excuse me. She wants to hike with with my granddaughter. Um, on each hike, and so other people come along, um, and uh, and so that's how it goes, and uh, and so we learn a lot from her, and um, she she says she learns a lot about our humanity um, from those hikes. So that's how it goes. How
0: did your granddaughter in the book? You know, it's fiction, but how did how did she was she hiking alone? How did she get kidnapped? Was she with you and she she went off on by herself? How did that happen? Well,
1: this this happened five minutes from my house in the Arroyo. Uh, Rivers out here we call Arroyos. Arroyos are dry riverbeds. They only flow when we get big thunderstorms, which we do this time of year. The Arroyo is just five minutes' walk, and she was playing with her younger brother in the Arroyo uh, when she was kidnapped by uh, a couple of um, gang members uh, down in the bottom of the Arroyo. And I... I didn't know how to. Excuse me. Um, I didn't know how to rescue her, but but this is when Michelle showed up. Michelle is the mysterious uh, uh, co-angel, and Michelle shows up, and that's how it happens. So that's wow. right. that. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm. I don't want to tell you exactly what's. No, true we and don't, what's you don't. You don't want to get us away. A lot, but... But a lot of the hikes. Yeah, a lot of the hikes are true, based on true hikes that I've been. All of them, actually, all six hikes are based on hikes that I've done. And that arroyo uh, is—that's right, that's right there. And my uh, granddaughter's played in that arroyo.
0: There are they really? I never see. You only hear about certain areas when you hear gangs. Albuquerque, I just—I don't know. I never heard. You don't hear much about it. It's like you don't even hear like bad things out of Australia. I don't hear. I never hear on the news anything. Bad. I know every place has, has positive and negative things that happen, but I just don't hear about it. So when you say gang, I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. I never heard of that. But I'll tell you guess- a
1: story, Denise. Uh, my my yard man told me this week that um, his grandson was shot by a flyby, a fly, flyby shooting, and uh, wow. he's, he's 15. And uh, he wow. was with two buddies. 14 and 17 and one died and his grandson oh. is critical in hospital. And I was astonished that happened this week. Yeah, so, he is. um, you know, yeah. So we have gangs here and, uh, unfortunately, and, uh, so anyway, well, you don't, you don't uh, things either. like that happen occasionally, and uh, that's yes, right. I think somebody you know, reading your that,
0: book, and they think Albuquerque. They're probably like, "Nah."
1: <laughs> 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 like, well, this is
0: totally made up. This is no gangs in yeah, Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. again, um, you, you, I. You learn, you just well, learn so much when you communicate. That's yes,
1: talking
0: to me yes, for some yes, reason. Yes. Um, well, to, I, you to, to
1: just correct that impression, Denise, um, I've lived here eight years, and I have not encountered any crime myself. So, so it's, there's, there's lots of, uh, it's still a wonderful city to live in, so.
0: hmm now you're a scientist uh, by trade, so we, we were talking earlier, and you're saying, and I didn't, I never thought of it that way. That it, as a scientist, I always think very logical thinking. I mean, and I think scientists get that reputation very just exact and 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 in, in, in this in, in the thinking almost ocd like exact when you think of a scientist and then you think wow a scientist wrote a book so what 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 <laughs> just just the images of a scientist now what inspired you and it's interesting that you said that to to really do science you have to delve into the unknown you have to so what what inspired you to write hiking toward heaven being that
1: you're a scientist by trade. Yes. Um, um let me come back to that in just a second. as a scientist, um in my um my during my doctorate I made a discovery that was um uh, that was um it was it was significant. And I, I didn't know how significant it was. And so I um I passed. I wrote it up and passed it along to my supervisor. He was a very busy man, and he didn't get to it. Uh, I think he was too busy, and so I pulled it back after a couple of tries. <clears throat> and then six months later, I, I, that was when I was living in Australia, that uh, an American woman uh, made the same discovery and published it and received a lot of accolades for that. Mm. And so I missed not. Oh. And I, so it was a it was a quite a significant discovery which I would have gotten credit for that and back then oh. that was real important to me and I missed it. It took me a year to get over that Denise. Oh, I mean wow. uh, I, I didn't have any falling out with my boss who was a, a, a very wonderful positive man. Um, he always believed in me and that's a gift that I I try to adopt with uh, you know m- anyone else. Anyway, that's how that happened. But it was a significant significant discovery and I've made several others as a scientist, because most of my work is research, but most scientists are doing research. I'm also an engineer. I'm kind of, I say I'm disguised as an engineer, and engineers are more application, you know, perhaps a little less, you know, researchy, you know, a little more application, a little more left brain, but uh, but I was I was I I worked for an oil company subsequently for many years, and I did a lot of research, there, a lot of right brain stuff, um, but you asked about the how I came to write the book. Was that what was that the question? Yeah, what
0: what inspired you? I just find when 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 I when I got the when I'm starting to do the research on the guests, there's usually something that just jumps out of me, like wow, or it it, it it not shocks, but I find it something surprising. But I think you are the first science person who. Uh, worked as a scientist. We've had on off the shelf, and then to hear that you yes. wrote a book. Yeah. Some reason I just found. So I wanted to ask, what inspired you to write "Hiking Toward Heaven"?
1: I think um, I I I would. I, I, one answer is that God put it in my heart, <clears throat> because I I my first book was 1977, and I gave a a class on. How to be more creative using the two sides of the brain, and 200 people showed up, and that shocked me. I was, just, <laughs> I was uh, amazed and a little terrified by that, but there was a great deal of interest in that back then. That still is now. Actually, a lot of people use the two, the, two, the, the, the the model of the intuitive and the analytic, of, of, you know, to to develop their creativity. I think God put it in my heart, Denise. I just I've written lots of stuff. As a scientist, I've written a hundred articles, and, but this was different. This was this was to be popular writing, and I've always, as I said, been intrigued by God's communication. How does He communicate with us? How do we know it's God? All those big questions, and and getting insights and wisdom from God. And I think that's how it came. I think um, I, you know God put it in my heart, and uh, I just. You know, I started writing when I had some time, and loved it. Discovered I loved it. The book "Weed and Water," my recent book, um, which we'll turn to in a bit, is um, um, that came about because um, I, I knew I knew a boy who who got involved in drugs and went down, uh, and yeah. uh, and that's what got that. That that was the inspiration for that one. I wanted to. Explore, you know what that's like. The difficulties of getting out, you know the you know the the, the realities of going down. The shame, the hurt, the hurt towards his mom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that mm-hmm. that that kind of was the inspiration for that one, I think. So now,
0: again, we're going back to like this this fact, fact, fact. The work that you have to do. Uh, as a scientist, and I don't care what your career field is, writing a, a book, uh, having written six novels myself, that is, I would I would always hear best selling authors say. You know, if you can do something else, by all means do it, <laughs> because as I said, writing a novel is hard work. You would, I mean, the best writers would say it. And I thought, nah, nah, it's easy. But when you really get down to writing and writing a story that attracts the interest of hundreds and <laughs> thousands of people, that is work. That is work. You might pull off one easily, but I don't know if people know just how much work goes into writing a good novel so I wanted to ask you: yeah, What were some of the mm, challenges, I... uh, uh, Ian? What were some of the challenges and advantages, or, or, or uh, yeah, the challenges and advantages that you found uh, based on your background that you brought to the table when you actually sat down and started writing, hiking toward heaven? Because you had to get the, you got to develop your characters, you have got to develop your plot. You've got to make sure everything connects. You can't have too many characters. You've got to work on dialogue. So what were some of the challenges that and advantages that you ran into?
1: Hmm, that's a good question, too. I'll, I'll say this first. Um, I, to me, writing a book is easy. Marketing a book is difficult. Now, ah. I'm not talking about a bestseller because I haven't written a bestseller yet. But I'd like to write ten books in ten years. That's my goal. Okay. But I, I I just sit down and I can write half a day and each day and and I love it. So uh, you know then then I don't I don't worry too much about the marketing at that point. But then marketing is so time consuming,
0: mm-hmm. unless
1: you happen to hit on a you know a bestseller. And so mm-hmm. that's my answer there. I can write a book. I could write a book in uh, three months. You know, a decent book, a decent book. So wow. um, the other part is interesting because as a scientist I wrote many, many articles scientific articles mm-hmm. and nothing personal in there and no dialogue. No emotions. <laughs> and so all of a sudden I decide to write, you know, hiking toward heaven and weed and water. Well, hiking toward heaven I've got to figure this out. And that was a, that was the that was the big challenge for me is um, uh, you know, how do I write dialogue? I, I've never written dialogue. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, it came. And, and emotions, I'm still learning about emotions. I tend to write, you know, using my analytic on my side of the brain and stuff. <laughs> I've got to stop each day and say, wait a minute, I need to put some emotion here. So. And so then I do that. So that's 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 been the biggest challenge, I think.
0: Well, so it's come Let's naturally I got all of them. That- is hiking for yeah. the, the other is... part is go ahead Sorry,
1: can i just say one other thing sure absolutely the other part is um i i think because god put you know these stories in my heart i've wanted to include god in these books mm-hmm. so they they really have a spiritual basis um but i i've i don't i have never wanted them to be preachy or dogmatic okay so so i've i i i treat the subject with tender care. Okay, the subject of God. I don't want to antagonize anybody—not non- non-believers, you know, believers who don't believe in God. I would hope that they're still interested in these hikes, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, e- even though they may not believe in God, and so mm-hmm. that's been that's been an inspiration trying to work God into both these books, and. Um, okay. And at the same time, I want to attract Christian readers because there, you know, there's a Christian basis here, you know, behind all this.
0: Now, so, it, I'm sorry,
1: I interrupted you there. Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: you didn't. No, you're not at all. Is hiking toward heaven? Is it told through the eyes of an adult? We, you know, you said that the start it, that your granddaughter is uh, kidnapped, but is it told through the eyes of an adult, or is the story told through the eyes of a, a child? And why did you choose this particular approach?
1: Yeah, in both, it's, it's told through the stories of an adult who is me. Okay. So, um, in the first case, I am the grandfather called Popper to Kara, you know, the, 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 my granddaughter who's uh, kidnapped. In the second book, Weed and Water, I'm a mentor to the next door um, teenager, Ethan, but my name is still Popper. I'm the same popper so so the, both stories are written through through my perception. I suppose I did that Denise because it's easier. I mean, easier for a you know a new an, <laughs> a new popular writer. My my next book, which will be about fracking, which is uh, petroleum engineering, which mm-hmm. I worked in many times, many many. I worked many years in that area. I'm going to go to the third point of view, so I'm going to write that uh, f- from the uh, from the point of view not of, from myself, not personal, but of um, a frac engineer um, who is uh, uh, who, who who works in the frac van and 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 does frac jobs. So that's that'll be a bit of a change.
0: Oh, it's so exciting! It's <laughs> talking to you, and it's inspiring me. You retired scientists, and now you're taking up book writing, and you've done worked in oil and engineering now. Is there a mm-hmm. single message that you want readers to take away from reading Hiking Toward Heaven?
1: Um, um, yes. Um, it, it would be uh, to be open to God, mm-hmm. the resources of God. That first book is about um, largely about the resources of God, and how how Kara, um, my granddaughter, can be can learn to be open to them, and how uh, we as adults, um, grandparents or parents, can uh, open up as a child, which is what Jesus said. Um.
0: Mm. Yes. Wow. He said, if you, want, we- "If you want to
1: come to God, you know, come as a child. You know, which means yes. open your mind to." So, so many scientists and other in, intelligent in intelligentsia. Let me put it: are skeptical and critical, and it's the opposite. I, I I think pride comes into it somewhere, but they they can be quite negative about this and about a childlike faith which is mm-hmm. which is that's the one thing that um you know childlike faith is the one thing that you can access you use to access god that's what god wants it's pretty clear from the biblical stories of jesus
0: mm-hmm. what what have readers been saying to you before we start talking go into weed and water what have readers been saying about hiking toward heaven
1: oh the the uh the 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 most common comment is i don't know what's true and what's not <laughs> Oh, and, well that's, and, a uh, like <laughs> that's a compliment like well, you that's a compliment it is i think it is yes. because it's a it's an L, a level of mystery right so i i my way of answering that is to say read the whole story and then tell me what you think uh, and that always leads to uh, you know interesting discussion Okay.
0: Now, how soon after you finished writing Hiking Toward Heaven did you start on Weed and Water?
1: Oh, I've got to stop and think about that. It, was, uh, it wasn't it was very long. It was six months, probably. Okay. Like I say, my goal is to write one book every year, and uh, mm. I think I can do that. And so um, <clears throat> I finished Weed and Water in January, and I've started two books since then.
0: Wow. The
1: one on frack, one on fracking. And the other one will be interesting too, I think, because it's about insights and wisdom from God. And, oh. I mean, how, how can we always expect this? And I mentioned mm-hmm. the part about God living within us, and so it seems like these ideas ought to be popping up all the time. You would think. That's number one. <laughs> number two is how do you know it's God? You know, that's yes. the dilemma that we yes. face. You know, is this yes. from God or is this... Yeah. Not from God, and so right. So that's yeah, where that no, one came I, from, and yeah, uh, that that yeah. one is a, it's a different title. It's called A Nerd in the Blue Leather Jacket. I, ah. And, and I, I, I was a nerd growing up. I mean, I just was always very studious. I did play sport, but. I had no social outgoing at all. I was socially inept. <laughs> and that's why I, I call myself a nerd and that went on for many years. But that, then I call myself a nerd because because I just believe implicitly in God. I don't see a problem. As a scientist with believing in god my my faith does not conflict with my science, and so in that respect, I call myself a nerd, so it's kind of I look back over my you know the history of my life, personal life and Korea and also mm. other people, and I see the hand of God everywhere and mm. and as I started to write these incidents down i mean i i it's it's been a joy to me to look back over my life and to interview other people about you know where the hand of God where they've seen the hand of god and it's been uh, it's been it's had a very curious uh, very sentimental type reaction to me so i've I've enjoyed writing that one
0: now who you t- ethan is your next door neighbor in Wheaton and water yes. can you tell us a little bit about ethan uh and is he the focal yes. character in the book? But can you describe him a little bit to to the -the off-the-shelf listeners?
1: Ethan is a star athlete, being raised by a single mom, Angelina, who's a beautiful woman, and they live next door to me. Excuse me. And um, uh, ever since he was a a youngster, um, I offered to take him hiking and um which you know to broaden his experience because he has a deadbeat dad. And uh, mm-hmm. that's how excuse me. Sometimes I get emotional. It's okay. Okay. So that's how um that's how our relationship starts and um and then he makes um he gets he gets herpes from a cheerleader uh, called Rachel and uh just a one time thing and uh, he's basically a good kid but uh he makes a mistake there and um and then he gets blackballed by um by his football teammates he plays in the first football team and, and uh he's a very good basketball player too he's the point guard he gets blackballed by jealous teammates and and uh, and shame comes on and uh and he's going down and he gets into drugs and uh, and so re the, the rest of the story is about uh you know how
0: how about um, how he
1: comes out how he comes out you know how, how 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 can he get out and and again a mysterious stranger shows up the guy uh, called Jackson and and um yeah, and that's how that's and and he's very helpful. He challenges the boy about his moral choices. And he brings How old um,
0: is how old is Ethan? Brings, yeah, how old is Ethan when he sixteen. He gets into this trouble. And how old is he when you start taking him hiking?
1: Oh uh, does, I I don't talk about that too much in the book, but uh I, I don't actually describe it but, but 10-ish, uh, that's when I started hiking, Tennis. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, um, okay. And how old is he when he starts to get into trouble after he's 16. blackballed? And he... 16.
1: 16, oh. yeah, he's a junior. He's a junior. So then, oh. uh, you know, this threatens his, his senior year.
0: Okay. Now, like so I say, he's a, a
1: champion footballer and basketballer, and so uh, when he starts going down, you know the 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 the, the football buddies um, betray him. Basically, there's a lot of jealousy there with uh, one, you know one of the running backs, and uh, <clears throat> uh, the basketballers uh, stay stay by him, and that's significant.
0: So he's he's really to, a, that helps uh, to keep
1: him on the straight and narrow. You know the, the basketball coach stays with him, the football coach doesn't. So there's. Tremendous stresses in his life. And so he flip-flops. He becomes a flip-flopper as he's trying to recover. After Jackson shows up and points out the way, you know, number one, you've got to go to rehab. Number two, you've got to get a hold of God. And he's, from then on, he, it's a challenge. And he he sounds like he's really
0: fly. the, if they're jealous, he's, he's. Uh, really a star athlete, like on his way to a college scholarship, yeah. it sounds yep, like. Yep, yep, yep. So what's happening yep, at yep. the start of Weed and Water? And I have to ask you this. You said, okay, so he gets herpes from a cheerleader he's with. Why did, How does that get out even? You would think that both of them would keep that a secret and nobody would ever know.
1: Um, he breaks up with Rachel because of, um, you know, because of the – shame of it and because of his jealous teammates and and um i um, no, I've got that wrong no no she he breaks up um he gets into drugs and breaks up um and um he starts getting into drugs I should say and breaks up then Rachel spreads the message
0: Rachel oh. apparently
1: tells the footballers yeah, oh. yeah, yeah so then the footballers like i say there's natural jealousy there competitiveness i should should put it and the okay. running back is a, is a, you know, he's he, he's just disreputable, and so he wants to take him down. So he starts talking about him. Okay, now he's I the boy The boy's struggling to keep his head up, you know, and things like that happen. And then the coach gets in on it, and the coach lambasts him and says, if you mess up, you're gone. And that's just when he's starting to rise up. And so he goes crashing off the wagon again when, when his football coach says that.
0: Uh to have,
1: makes me cry.
0: Yeah, but well, his coaches are probably the like the father figures in his life, uh, yeah, and he wants yeah, he wants yeah, to make them yeah. proud of him. Mm-hmm. Can you tell yeah, us about yeah. mm-hmm. uh, his mom and Michelle and Kara and some of the other characters? We've you, you touched on the the coaches and the uh, the the running back, but Michelle and Kara, mm-hmm. Kara, and some of the other characters. Could you introduce them to off the shelf
1: listeners? Yeah, in uh, uh let me let me um do weed and water first, which we're talking about and so uh, which is Ethan and Rachel. The running back is Logan and he's well, I, I can't say that word on the uh, <laughs> um, um um the 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 guy that introduces him to um drugs is Randy, and uh, I dislike Randy immensely. Um, So what does Randy do? Is he
0: on the football team?
1: No, 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 Randy's just a, uh, what's the word for that? Um, um, Anyway, he's just prowling around waiting to, you know, introduce people to drugs. Uh, There's a word for that, and I can't think of it. Uh, Is it sycophant? No, I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, uh, he he just he's an opportunist, and he sees um, he sees um, um, Ethan in trouble, and and uh, and and he moves in very subtly and very uh, very cleverly, and says, "Hey, why don't you come to this party? Come to this party, and I'll introduce you to some people." And uh, you know
0: what? I'm glad you they, said that, and I hope that the right people tune into today's show. You put that so well that there are people Mm -hmm. out there, whether you're selling a product or whatever, there are actually people out there who, when they see the opportunity, they pull you in and pull you down. They almost, it's like it's their career. They're just watching and waiting to spot somebody Mm -hmm. that they're like, Ah, this is the right person for me to take down. Yep. It's the right person yes. for me to introduce to alcohol yep. or drugs,
1: yep. Yep. or yep. pick mm-hmm. a yep.
0: thing, and that's they. That's what they do their whole life almost.
1: And I, yep. I would yep. hope
0: that they come across as a friend, and I, I would hope that the right people tune in today's show. And if somebody's they're feeling like the character in this book, Ethan, like all is lost, that when these people show up, that they're on a red hot alert. And they're like, no, pal, yeah. that's all right. You can keep going.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody asked me what character <clears throat> that I dislike the most, and I said straight away, Randy. And then they asked me what character I like the most, and I said Jackson, who's who's the co-angel, and he's more than he's he he, he more, more than he indicates he is when he shows up. But but mm-hmm. uh, he has the hand of God behind him and challenges Ethan, and so. Again, they go. This is another aspect of it, um, because Jackson says the best way to help, you know, a boy like this is going down is to suggest mutual interests, and so. Uh he says, Let's go river rafting. Let's go rafting down the Rio Grande, which is the mighty river here in in New Mexico. And they get into trouble in 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 one of the rapids there and they nearly turn over and uh but that's that that starts to build trust and this book, Weed and Water, is about building trust between teenagers and adults. <clears throat> and there's a lot of wisdom in there. I think it's hard to do. It's, it's very hard because you get broken trust with parents. But but um, Jackson is very wise, and I'm on board with this. And, uh, you know, always trying to help. And so we three get to adventuring, and um, you know, and we we run into a mountain lion, and we we chase away a, a cottonmouth. Uh, snake, you know, deadly uh, uh, water moccasin snake and stuff like that, you know, on on the way through. But you know, Mike's this. There's this Jackson brings this wisdom. This he challenges um, Ethan uh, at every moment, and um, yes. and Ethan comes around, you know, slowly, but but on the way he's flip flopping, and that flip flopping is very difficult to deal with. But um, to Jackson gets in. I say one last thing about this Jackson. discusses the um, uh, the – helps Ethan to understand failure. Uh, That's number one moral principle in here. You are not a failure because you fail. You are a failure if you don't fail because that means you're not trying to to do anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's wisdom that's not well understood by – you know, teenagers and adults. And so failure is a good thing because it means yeah. that you're trying.
0: Yes. Yep. And you're trying new things. You keep doing that right. You know, and the you, you can You're probably not going to sell right. it. And, if you, right.
1: If you try new things, you know, the more new things you try, the more failures you're going to have, but the more success you're going to have, too. The second mm-hmm. thing is forgiveness because Ethan can't forgive Rachel. <clears throat> who, uh. who brought him the herpes? Her and Jackson says, <coughs> "Excuse me." Jackson says, "Forgiveness is vertical. It's 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 between you and God, and it doesn't involve Rachel." Wow. And, and, uh, reconciliation is horizontal, and that involves Rachel. And you may reconcile, <clears throat> or you may not reconcile. Sometimes you can't reconcile. Sometimes the other person doesn't want to reconcile. Okay. Mhm. And Ethan says I don't want to reconcile. And Jackson says that's okay, but you've got to forgive. And that's mm-hmm. that's that's between you and God. That's for Yeah. Now what
0: that's have something readers that's not been...
1: well understood?
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I thought? Have you ever thought about taking you because it's it seems like there's some action in each of your the books these two books anyway with the hiking uh and then the water rafting uh but just with these two have you ever thought about exploring that concept into like a tv series i don't know if the, they have those there where you live and you you you, you there's a character who's facing a challenge and there's those action scenes you could bring in with with the hiking or the yeah. the, the, mm-hmm. the water rafting that could hold yes. some yeah. like preteen and some early teens interest have you has that thought ever crossed your mind
1: uh yes, it has. I haven't gotten that far yet uh denise um <clears throat> but i'm 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 trying to expand different marketing methods for this, and that's certainly one of those i I had lunch the other day at Olive Garden with an old friend who has a ministry to um teenagers in jail um mm-hmm. and, and and uh he was uh, you know we we had a long discussion about that. And, and about uh, how you know how this book might help them and the principles within it. Mm-hmm. But your, your your point is a good one, and, and I, I I need to think more about that and uh, see where I can take that. Thanks for that and suggestion. What,
0: and what have readers been saying about weed and water?
1: Well, um, um, it's uh, um, it's it's mixed. Um, I mean, they they. Say Good Things, um, uh, the, 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 uh, a, a good friend is a manager of a, a Pep Boys store. said um, He said something like, sit down, take your shoes off and relax and be prepared for an entertaining journey. said, okay. I love this book, and he wrote it up. I love this book, and he said, the message I got from the book was that don't give up on God because God won't give up on you. Which was a you know a nice thing to say, and so another lady friend her her first comment was, um uh, the you know the shame you know leading the boy Ethan from shame into grace, meaning God's grace, mm-hmm. meaning he's realized that God loves him, just as he is, mm-hmm. that he doesn't have to perf- he doesn't have to perform. You know, but God loves him. He just needs to accept God from shame to grace. She said that was the big thing that I I got out ah. of that. So there's a couple of instances there. Yeah.
0: Can you tell? You said writing it comes very easily to you, and you've as a scientist you've written like a hundred or more articles. But when it comes to writing a book, can you tell us for off-the-shelf listeners to themselves? would like to write a book, but some people struggle with getting started. Can you tell us about the process that you use to write your books? Like, did you use an outline? Did you keep a journal? Or did you just sit down and start writing? What's the process that you use to actually create the
1: book? Yeah, um, that's pretty straightforward. Um, I I just start writing. I mean, uh, I I don't ever get blocked. If I feel like I'm blocked, I just start writing. I don't I don't outline a book first. Um I I write one short story at a time. Okay, and the outline comes. So chapter one might be the first short story. I've just written chapter one for my book on fracking. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh and and after I'd written chapter one I thought, bingo, now I can write a short story because now I know what chapter two is going to be. So it comes to me. The critical thing is to sit down and start writing, start typing. And my best model for that is Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming, the the uh, author of the James Bond books, mm-hmm. um, every English winter when the weather was terrible, he'd go down to Jamaica and he'd write a book. <clears throat> he would write 2,000 words every morning and then he'd go play in the afternoon. He had lots of, uh, eventually lots of uh, Hollywood friends and of course the beach was right there. But he wasn't distracted by the beach. He, w- he had a triangular desk which he set in the corner, and there was no window, nothing to distract him. And he would write 2,000 words every morning, and then he'd go play. And so that's the discipline. I, to me, to, in, in my experience, it's just discipline. It's to, to sit down and write uh, yourself a short story, And will, the rest will come. And, and uh, I, 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 th- This is science, too. Um, as we wrestle with a problem, sometimes we don't get the answer. But if we go to bed, we get it in the shower in the morning, or we get it dancing that night, you know, or we get it when we're jogging. I mean, answers come from the subconscious mind that's been working on it, so long as we put the information in bed. So wrestle with it. If you're having block, wrestle with it or whatever. Go to bed and then start again next morning, and and you'll have a different perspective, and there'll be more information in you, in your mind. Wow! Thanks
0: for sharing that. But the thing, the 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 good reminder, discipline. And we've had other people come on yes. and say, you just have to say, I'm going to put in one or two hours a day, or or however many yeah. words, and you have to stick to it. You have to stick yeah. to it. If you yeah. keep waiting for the muse to hit, it may you may go weeks or months before you write anything. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I
1: very, think that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, t- a that's a very good way to go. point.
0: <laughs> Now we always want to we want to feel when we're writing that we're writing something great. And when you're disciplined, you don't always feel that way, but that that's how you do get the work done. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now you also blog. I wanted to ask you how has blogging helped to introduce your books to readers?
1: <clears throat> yes, um I write a blog every 2 weeks and that's on my website com. as you as you mentioned. Um I, again, I'm disciplined. I try to do one every two weeks, and I try to um, give them substance. Okay, so I, I write about spiritual-based, you know, blogs. Each each one, I try to have a, a spiritual connection there. Um, they're not preachy at all, and there are a variety of things. I write about science, you know. I write about hiking, as in traveling. I write about personal faith you know i i have several different categories and um um and that uh, that that helps to i i think it's just practice you know I, I i spend 6 hours on a blog usually and and um in my in my my book um uh, the one about insights and wisdom from God that have, you know that i'm writing I find when I look back that there are several blogs that I can put I can put in there Um just almost as they are and so they're they've, the blog I've written a hundred, over in the over 100 blogs they've become a resource for my future writing and so wow. but, but the last one I wrote was on the, my stepdaughter had a very aggressive can breast cancer removed and took a year of chemo and <laughs> Pardon me. And she went to a um a retreat, a nutritional retreat in Sedona, Arizona. Um, which is a very beautiful place. If you haven't been there, put it on your list. And and um three weeks of intensive um eating vegetables, fruits and, and um doing animus. Um mm-hmm. and, and, and she left down top of the world, she says Wow. She says, Had had I known what I know now, I I may never have done the chemo and the radiation. And and she looks and
0: <laughs> Wow, diet. You I'm know, I tell you She looks and
1: acts an ten years younger. And and it's wow. it's, 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 yeah, diet. it's kind of a miracle. And so I wrote a blog about alternative forms of uh, cancer treatment. And, right. and that blog was well received. Wow. Now, where can, we're coming down
0: to like the last two minutes of today's show. Where can off-the-shelf listeners get a copy of your books?
1: Um, you can get get it from the big stores, Barnes & Noble, or you can go direct to Amazon.com, uh, or you can order them, and the link is in my website. So if you go to the website, uh the links are there for hike, Hiking Toward Heaven and Weed and Water. So now it's very easy to any- order them right there.
0: Are you on any social networks? We'd like to let our listeners know where you are. Are you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? Yep, are you on yep. any?
1: Um, can you Facebook, tell us which Facebook. ones you're
0: on and how people can find you?
1: Um, I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm on Facebook, and I think if you Google on me, Ian, okay. Ian Palmer or Ian Dexter Palmer, that will come up. I don't, I don't know the actual uh, address there. Okay,
0: but you are on Facebook and you're on Twitter. Yes,
1: you yes, said? yes. Okay. not on Twitter, so, no, no, no. Oh, not no, on Twitter. Facebook. You're on
0: Facebook. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and, mm-hmm. and 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 to our off the shelf listeners, you can check out he has again beautiful photographs and his blog at his website Palmer dot com. Yes. And again, that's i a n d e x t e r. T A L M E R dot com, Ian Dexter Palmer dot com. We have enjoyed having Dr. Palmer here with us on Off the Shelf this morning. He's the author of Hiking Toward Heaven and Weed and Water. He's working on a new book, and he also has a nonfiction book on uh, how to be more creative, how to use more of your creative side. That's his first book. First book, then Hiking Toward Heaven, then Weed and Water. He's working on a a book about fracking, as he's also worked as an engineer and a scientist. And he's got another book in the works, which uh, you can go again to his website Palmer dot com and learn and keep up with not only his blog, his pictures, but his upcoming books and any 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 book signings and appearances that he might have scheduled. So we want to thank Doctor Ian Palmer for being here with us this morning. Please go out and support him and and get and enjoy hiking toward heaven. And weed and water. Thank you, Dr. Palmer, for being here with us. As I always tell our listeners, you are amazing. You are incredible. You're awesome. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday, 11 a.m. New York City time. Bye for now. Ian, I'll shoot you an email.
1: Thank you, Denise. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Okay, bye bye.
0: plus.